Hey, we're on a series of lessons called Lovebirds. Come on, we're talking about marriage and, and talking about the, the, the challenges and the, the blessing as we look at this series. Um, last week, we really talked about one thing from Mark chapter 10. We talked about our hearts not becoming hard and becoming hardened. And we just went all, you know, all around that because we know if we've got a hard heart, we're going to have a hard marriage. And, and the, the, the heart physically is pumping life to the body. The heart of your marriage, the heart, your spiritual connection with your spouse is going to pump life to your marriage as well. So a, a closed heart, a closed heart is going to dry up the marriage relationship. We've seen it time and time again. So I want to encourage you, keep working on your heart when it comes to your marriage relationship. If you're single, you kind of go, this doesn't apply to me. Well, maybe one day you're going to get married. So come on, lean in and let, write down some notes, get, get, you know, bookmark some stuff in your phone or your Bible, and let's let God talk to you about what's coming up in your future. But listen, I, I believe this. If you're single and you're looking to mingle, come on somebody, uh, uh, and you get it right, God's going to get you the right person. Come on. Come on. God, God's going to get you the right person. And, and, and listen to me, you be the right person before you try to find the right person. So that's what we're talking about here, really, in, in, in this relationship series, uh, Lovebirds. And so today, last week we talked about working on your heart. Today, the one big word, listen, the one big word we're going to talk about all Sunday, you know, for the next 38 minutes, 40 minutes, that's as long as we'll go this morning, is this word boundaries, boundaries. Um, it's a big word now that we see in, in uh, uh, therapists and counselors and, and you know, I think uh, I forgot the... Uh, uh, the Christian counselor who wrote a book about boundaries, Townsend, I think, or maybe one of those guys. A phenomenal book about what you do, what you allow in your life, and what, you, what, what will restrict you, what will constrict you, what will free you with boundaries as well. So I want to give you three scriptures today, and then we'll talk about this. Then I'm going to jump over into Genesis chapter 2 and read what God said when he made Adam, and then, then out of Adam he made Eve. And we're going to give you four things with boundaries I think it's going to really help everybody in the room today. We know this with boundaries. Boundaries keep things out and boundaries keep things in. Uh, we had a neighbor that moved to the, the house next to us and we've got a fence around our yard like most of the suburban homes now. Uh, they, they've got fences that detail property lines, right? They tell you what's yours and what's not yours. And, and we've got, we had a, uh, the neighbor um, had like three or four dogs and, um, and, and so did somebody just say, oh, <laughs> And so the, so the fence was a little bit wide, and, and, and all of a sudden, this little, you know, I look in the backyard, and I was on my computer, and all of a sudden, there's this little white thing running around my backyard. And I'm like going, what is in my boundary? And so I got out my gun, like any lawful, no, I didn't, come on, look at you. They're going, oh. <laughs> no, I went out there, come here, come here, come here. And then, and then, and then, and then the neighbor's out there, ah, ah. Mila, 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 there's a bad white man. Come here, Mila, Mila. No, she didn't say that. But, but I grabbed the little dog, and the neighbor came over. We got the dog out, and then they put up chicken wire fence so the dog couldn't get under the fence anymore. So boundaries are important, right? Come on, boundaries are important. When it comes to marriage, boundaries are real important. Let's read three scriptures. I'm going to make a spiritual connotation with marriage concerning these three scriptures. Listen, these three scriptures do not talk about marriage, but I'm connecting them because I talked about boundaries. Let's go. Deuteronomy 18, 14. You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark or boundary, which the men of old have set in your inheritance, which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Don't remove it. Don't remove it. Deuteronomy 27, verse 17. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark. 
and all the people shall say, Amen. One more. Some remove landmarks, they seize flocks violently and feed on them. We said a moment ago that your landmark, your boundary, your, your fence line of your home, but, but of your life, it, it determines what you possess. It determines what belongs to you. Now again, applying these scriptures that have no connection directly to marriage, I know that, but the boundary is the important part. The, the landmark is the important part. So with that analogy, we're told three things from these three, three scriptures. Thought number one, leave your neighbor's boundary alone. What's that mean? What's that mean? Don't long for your neighbor's relationship. And the analogy isn't just your physical neighbor in your home and looking at their marriage or looking at what they have. Your neighbor, scripturally, is anybody that you do life with, anybody around you. That's our neighbor. So the scripture is telling us, don't look at, your, don't look at their spouse and wish that spouse was yours. Leave them and their marriage alone. Leave it alone. Leave that boundary alone. Why? Why do we need to do that? Why was that, that a word about boundaries in the Old Testament? We know when the nation of Israel went in to possess the land, the 12 tribes, they were each given a certain boundary of land that they had to possess and then they had to dispossess the enemy in the land. This belongs to you. You keep it. You fight for it. You defend it. It belongs to you. This is the analogy in marriage. You fight for your own marriage and don't long for what doesn't belong to you. Why is that true? Because here's what we see. The second thought from this scripture. If you remove the boundaries, it brought a curse. It brought a curse. There was a self-inflicted curse that was brought to whoever removed the boundaries. Now, this might be challenging, but this, this is biblical truth. Listen to me. There's a word, <laughs> there's a word for a man who's married who goes and finds another woman who's single and or married, and he has a sexual relationship with her. The word is called adultery. And with adultery comes a curse, comes trouble. Nothing good comes from that. Scripture tells us, you want to mess up your family? Mess with your neighbor's spouse. You want to cause trouble to come to your home? Mess with what doesn't belong with you. Keep your eyes in your boundary. Keep your love in your boundary. Protect your boundary and leave your neighbor's fence alone. Thirdly, we've said it already, but the scripture tells us, if a boundary was removed, the enemy came in. That's what it tells us. The scripture said this, your flocks will be seized, here's the word, violently. There will be a violence that comes. There will be an aggression that comes. There will be pain that comes. Emotional pain. It could be physical pain. You might get some kind of disease, whatever. But there's going to be pain that comes if you don't stay in your boundary. Again, these landmarks or these boundaries in the Old Testament told you and told us what belonged to each of those tribes. They tell you what you own 
and they tell you what you don't own. Every man, every woman in the room, online as well, that's married, you don't own anybody else's relationship. You don't have the ability nor the authority to enter anybody else's fence line or boundary. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. You're responsible or not responsible. It's on you. It's on me. Now what we know from the word boundary is that the word boundary gives me a couple things. It gives me ownership. Ownership. And it also gives me responsibility. I don't own anybody else's marriage. I'm not responsible for anybody else's marriage. I own my marriage. And I need to be responsible for my own marriage. So whatever goes on in this relationship with me and Kimberly, you know, in May it'll be 39 years, I'm responsible for. I have to take ownership of it. Personally, as a man, and then her as the female spouse, she has to take ownership and responsibility of what she owns and is responsible for in the marriage. I am responsible, as every married couple in the room, you are responsible for your own feelings, for your own emotions, for your own choices, for your own behaviors, for your own attitudes, for your own thoughts, for your own desires. And the list goes on. It's not my spouse's responsibility. It's my responsibility. I have to own it. You, Kimberly, cannot make me happy. You, Kimberly, cannot make me sad. You might do something that frustrates me, but I'm going to come to you and we're going to work it out. I'm going to come to the Lord and I'm going to find some joy. I'm going to find some gladness. I'm going to find my, get my emotions in check and I'm going to cause my relationship in this border, in this field, in this landmark, and I'm going to have God show up right in here so I don't have to look anywhere else. Can anybody in the room help a pastor and say amen? Genesis 2, told you we're going to go there. Let's dig deep. Let's read this scripture. You've read it before, but let's read it one more time. Genesis 2, about five verses, starting in verse 20. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But to Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. Come on, how many know some men been sleeping ever since then? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sounds like my husband. And he slept and he took, God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Wow. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. Verse 23. And Adam said, wow, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woe man. Come on. You know that when she came up, he said, whoa, man. Come on. woman uh, because she was taken out of man verse 24 therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh one more verse and they were both naked Woo! we'll talk about that I know y'all got excited your blood pressure went up they were both naked the man and his wife and read it with me they were not ashamed Adam didn't find any suitable helper no one comparable to him 
There, there, God made creation, made this beautiful garden, put this brother in there, made him from the clay, formed this brother, and, and, and he's naming animals, and he's going, man, that, that, that thing don't look like me, that hippopotamus doesn't look like me, that rhino doesn't look like me, that, that, that monkey doesn't even look like me. I can't find anything that I can do life with. In my boundary, there wasn't anything within my boundary that fit him, so God made him a woman. Hmm. God made him a woman. God brought him. And it's interesting. I love the scripture. It says God brought the woman to the man. I love that analogy that you don't have to get looking and do. I'm not saying you don't go on. I mean, everything's online now, dating online and all that. I'm not, you know, whatever you need to do. But I'm just saying you can be looking in all the wrong places. Come on. You can be looking for love in all the wrong places. Come on. Looking <laughs> for what? Come on. Wasn't that, wasn't that, huh? No, was that Urban Carbide? No. Who was that? Saturday Night Live. Come on, anybody watch Saturday Night Live? No? Okay. Pray for your pastor. No, I don't watch it anymore. <laughs> but what we found out is that boundaries, boundary, these boundaries keep things out. But listen to me. Boundaries also keep things in. They keep things in. Like my neighbors, they had a fence, but the, but the boundary it was jacked up, so they had to work on their fence because the boundary didn't keep the dog in their, yard, in their boundary. And so boundaries keep things out, keep the enemy out. But, but you've got to have some boundaries that I see from this, four thoughts, that are going to keep things working in, in your life. So let's take that analogy that we know from marriage based on this scripture, and let me give you four. Write them down, take a screenshot, I think they're going to help you. Number one, the boundary of connection. Come on, say that with me. The boundary of connection. This, Adam said, is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So God made the woman, what we found out, we just read. God made the woman who became Adam's wife from Adam's flesh. So when you get married, here's the analogy. When you get married, your spouse is now part of your flesh. Part of your flesh. So stay connected. This is now part of me. This, this is now part of me. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. That's why we'll see this to be so true, whether you've endured it, and I'm sad to say that, that if you have endured it or you know somebody going through it and have endured it, called divorce. Because listen to me, divorce tears apart what God brought together. That's why there's pain. The two shall become one. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. You cannot have something in your flesh and be removed and in your bones and be removed with there not being any pain. In marriage, everything gets connected. Everything gets connected. We'll talk about that. That's why it is such an amazing thing that marriage, listen to me, Marriage will mess you up until you and I deal with our selfishness. I, I, I believe this. Mar marriage will mess you up until you let it make you up and being who God's called you to be. That you have to make up your mind, I'm going to deal with my, 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 take my responsibility. I'm going to own up to whatever I need to own up. I'm going to work on me. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to let this thing break us. 
God brought us together. I'm going to remember why God brought us. I'm talking about Christian marriage now. Why God brought us together. And I'm going to fight for my relationship. This is my boundary. This is my responsibility. This is what I own this. So I'm going to place the burden on me to to make this thing work. Um, And what I know not only personally, being as married as almost four decades, but talking to hundreds and hundreds of people, is that, is that staying connected, listen to me, is a lifetime pursuit. You never cannot have your foot on the gas of pursuing one another. Because if you let yourself off from having your foot on the gas and you think you're just going to coast for a while while you have kids and you're pursuing your kids and your help, all of a sudden the attention, the love and the, and the direction and the counsel and the, con- and the connection between a husband and a wife goes and all of a sudden goes to the kids. And that's a whole nother story. But listen to me. Um, we are proponents. My brother told me something years ago. I've got an older brother, one year older than me, and he told me this. They had a rule in their house. His wife was a stay-at-home wife, and they had three kids. The rule in their house, when dad came home from the office and the kids all coming around like little kids do and they want to hug dad, they would, they would not allow the kids to hug the dad until mom and dad embraced and kissed. Why? Because this relationship is, can I say it? Is more important than this relationship. If this relationship isn't right, this relationship cannot be right. Come on, somebody say amen. So stay connected. It's a lifetime pursuit of building trust and understanding and working through seasons and frustrating times. But, but this is my border. The, 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 come on. This is my boundary. This is my, this is my inheritance. This is my, fit. this is my land. So I'm, I'm going to own, I'm, I'm going to work it. So, so, so where are your weak links? Where are your weak links in communication? There's several, you know, but let's just give you three that come up all the time. Uh, communication is a big one. Communication is a big one in marriage. Uh, uh, she wears me out with words and he never talks. <laughs> Whatever that, you, you got you to work that out. You, you, you got to figure that out. You got to figure that out about connection. That we're just not connecting. You got to talk it out. You got to figure it. And by the way, if you need help, go get some help. Go see a counselor. Go see a therapist. Sign up for a bunch of sessions. Yeah, it's going to cost you some money, but your marriage is worth it. Come on, everybody. Amen. Uh, something that comes up all the time, you know, you know, connection where, where your weak link is financial, financial. He spends everything. <laughs> he doesn't keep track of it or she spends everything. Come on. Y'all seen that kind of like that, that, um, uh, that, that joke that, that, uh, that, uh, the husband, he got a report from the bank uh, that, that his wife's credit card was stolen, but the, but the man never reported it because the person who stole it was actually spending less than his wife. Come on, somebody have at it. Just have at it. <laughs> wow, man. So where are your weak links? Are they, are they communication, finance? How about goals and desires? Just we, we're not on the same page. We're not on the same page. Are, you, are your weak links there? We all go through stuff. Goals and desires. I want to move. I want a big house. I want this kind of car. I got to have this and whatever. We all bring into marriage all kinds of baggage and all kinds of stuff, but you decided to marry this person, so you need to be committed and you're going to make it work. 
And you're going to get help if you need help. You're going to believe God. You're going to pray. You're going to talk it out. You're going to work on your finances together. Can't be any secrecies. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, but when it comes to this boundary of connection, this, this is now bone of my bones. This is flesh of my flesh. This is my boundary. You are my boundary. We are bound together in this thing called a home, in a thing called a new life, in the thing called marriage. And so now we're going to make it work. Let me give you these five A's of marriage connection. Five A's. Start with the letter A. They're going to help you out, I think. Number one, affirmation. Affirmation. So when it comes to affirmation, here's what I'm saying. When it comes to that, what you say to your wife, what you say to your husband. It's like, man, I love you. You're a blessing. Come on, you're looking good. Baby, woo, what, is that new lipstick? Come on, where'd you, you smell good up in, did you actually take a shower this week? You smell good, husband. Maybe don't say it like that. Words of affirmation. Come on, words of affirmation. Secondly, affection. Affection. In your marriage, come on, if you're going to stay connected, you better be hugging. You better be kissing. You better be touching. You better be squeezing. You better be physical. If you're not, they're going to get somewhere else. They're going to lean into Bob down at work. Come on. We don't want Bob touching your wife. We don't want Betty coming by perfuming up your husband. How about this, another A, apology. If your marriage is going to be connected, you've got to apologize. I'm sorry, I'm wrong, forgive me. I was a knucklehead, I shouldn't have said that. I talked out of turn, I'm frustrated. I'm apologize. If you never say, forgive me in a marriage, your marriage is going to be in trouble. Lats, two more A's, ask. Ask your spouse, what can I do? How can I pray for you? Is there, is there anything, or you know, do you need me to do anything? Do you need me to do anything in your life? I'll be coming home from the store, need me to pick anything up. We text all the time. You know, Pastor Kimberly, if I'm coming in from somewhere, all of a sudden I'll get a text. Would you stop over at the grocery store? Would you get this? You know, and I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, husbands. Come on, can I be real? Uh, uh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Marriage will work on you, man. It'll work on you. And just last day, or kind of said it, amen. Here's the letter for, for, for A, amen. It's, it's spouse, listen, has anybody ever done this? Hey, babe, hey, husband, hey, wife, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Going through a tough time at work? Talk to me about it. How can I pray? Hey, something's going on in your life? Something's going on with you physically? I mean, I know about it, but how can I pray? So listen to me. The boundary of connection. This now is bone of my bones and flesh in my flesh. Let me give you another boundary. The boundary of completeness. Completeness. Here's what we see in the boundary of completeness. The scripture says, the woman was taken out of the man. Notice. The woman was taken out of the man. So here's what we're asking. Here's what I'm seeing from this for you and me to believe. Here's what we need to believe. No one can complete me like you. You were taken out. Woman, Eve, we know her name became Eve. Adam named her Eve. So that's good. That's, I like that because now men can call their wives names. She named him Eve. You know, God didn't name her Eve. God called her woman, a man with a womb, woman. She's similar, different but similar. Adam called her Eve. Just a thought, what are you calling your spouse? Maybe she'll become. Maybe he'll become it. Choose your, way, choose your words wisely. So in the boundary of, of completeness, no one can complete me. No one can complete you like your spouse. That's what I see here. How are we complete? We're complete spirit, 
soul, and body. We're a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. So what's that mean? What's that mean when it comes to the marriage relationship? Spirit, soul, and body. I see it this way. How we pray. How we pray. How we pray together. How we worship together. How we think. How we believe. How, how, how we serve together. We do this whole thing together. Spirit. Soul. How, how we think. How, how, we, how we process. How we plan. We, 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 might, we might be different, but we come to the same agreement. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm desiring this. I'm, I'm wanting this. Okay, let's talk about it. We're thinking about it. We're processing it. We're planning it. Again, two different people coming to this relationship with two different ideas and two different desires and two different focuses and two different uh, flows based on the family that they were raised in or the culture they're raised in or, or the age that they are right now. And, and we're going to have to think. We're going to have to think together. We're going to have to talk it out. And then, then, then just spirit, soul, and body, of course, we know how we physically connect and how we love. Just how we physically connect and how we love. How, how are we going to do this? That, that my spouse now, listen, is exactly what I need. I don't need any little side chick. I got everything I need. I don't need to visit the porn sites. I got everything I need. I don't need to. I got everything I need. Why? Because when God brought her to me, God brought completeness into my life. Many times when we're doing, um, doing a marriage uh, ceremony, marrying people, I'll say this based on this scripture. I'll say this. The woman was created from the man or out of the man. She wasn't created out of his head to dominate him or made from his feet to be trampled by him. But the woman was made from man's rib out of his side to be equal to him under his arm to be protected by him and near to his heart to be loved by him. This is what God's doing. This is what God wants in the marriage relationship. Now, the woman was like the man, but she was completely unlike the man. And all the men said, amen, I get it, come on. So, so, so here's what we know is that, listen, is that the unity, the unity was brought about by diversity. Listen, let it sink in. Because this is, this is the problem so many times in marriages. She's just not like me. Well, she's not supposed to be like you. He's, he's like, he's a, we ain't thinking the same. Well, that's because he's a man. And he thinks differently. And, and th this is the way God's wired him. So, so the unity, the unity that God was after in this marriage relationship, the unity was brought about by diversity. So listen, Learn to celebrate the complexity of marriage. Listen, it is just complex. And about the time you figure it out in your 20s and you think you got it going on, and then the 30s hit, and then the 40s hit, late husbands with your wife, late 40s, mid 40s, whatever like that, and her body start changing, and your wife goes through menopause, you're going to have to figure it out again. It's just the way it is. You know, in, in music, there, there's a thing called, called unison in a song, and that would be that we all sing the same note. But what makes it like up here with the guys up here, with, with, with Pastor Art and, the, and the, the gang singing up here, like again, killing it again today, is that they have harmonies that they all sing their own part. They all sing their own part. Listen, great music that you love, and you might not even recognize it, is sung in harmony, like a great marriage. You have your part. I have my part, and together we're making something beautiful up in here. Come on. So, so, so learn to celebrate 
the boundary of completeness, this, this boundary of I'm complete. You complete me. You're exactly what I need. You're exactly what I'm looking for. You know, 1980, early 80s when I met, met Pastor Kimberly, you know, at school, I was just, oh, come on, I'm in Bible school, but I saw the outside of her before I saw the inside of her. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. I saw her the way she looked. She had these curly hair. She had her makeup all done. And I'm like going, whoo, I think the Lord is talking to me. Come on. <laughs> and what I found out was that she was whole, I mean, she was beautiful on the outside, but is equally beautiful on the inside. And that's what, that's the, that's what drew me to her. Uh, so, so, so this boundary, I, I'm not, and again, yeah, a little bit older, a little more wrinkles. That's why I got a little, little, little wrinkle cream on me today. Come on, somebody. I got a little wrinkle cream. Come on, anybody like me, you look in the mirror and went, where did those bags come from? Anybody? Come on, anybody honest besides me? Come on, all right, come on, come on. You know, and just, you know, tuck, cut, if you need to cut it, whatever you got, but, but, but just figure it out. Come on, we're, out, we're getting older, but, but if, in, in the marriage relationship, we celebrate our uniqueness and celebrate the different diversity and the change. Let God work in you. Amen, everybody? It's the third one here. I love it. Here we find from Genesis the boundary of separation. Come on, we got, we got these different boundary of connection. We talked about boundary of completeness, boundary of separation. This might get a little bit hot for some people in the room before we get to the last one, but listen. Here's the word. Man leaves his mother and father, joined to his spouse, and they become one flesh. That, 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 this is the boundary of separation. That now, now, here it is. This new family, this new family, <laughs> must leave the former family. No, no, it, it must leave the former family. Must leave the former family. And this new family takes precedence over the former family. So I, we've got, Kimberly and I, we, we've got two married kids. Brittany's one, got a son, Michael and Mary in Las Vegas. And so as a good dad and a dad, I love hanging out with my daughter and my son-in-law, Tony, and I really love them, but I really, really love the grandkids. Come on, come somebody. This is, this is a, just a totally different deal. And, 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 and I want them over all the time. So it's like, so it's like you know, I'll tell Brittany, hey, bring the, bring the kids over. And, like, and then she says, well, no, it's not going to work out. And I kind of go, what do you mean it's not going to work out? <laughs> I love you. You're my daughter. But no, no, guess what? She's got a husband she's responsible for. She's got a new family. So I'm going to make sure, and we're going to make sure we have this discussion many, many times. We're not going to put undue responsibility or stress within my neighbor's boundary. She doesn't belong to me anymore. I gave her to another man. And so there's got to be separation. A man's going to leave his mother and father. going to be joined, joined to this new person called his wife, and they're going to become one flesh. They're, they're making a new family. So let's dig a little bit deeper. The parent-child relationship is temporary. It's temporary. The husband-wife relationship is permanent. This is what must be celebrated. Not like, I'm that guy, I'm that parent, and if my kids aren't around me all the time, I'm some kind of, I'm, I, can't, I can't deal with life, and I've got to always have my kids around me. So, again, just so you know where we stand on it. We would love our kids to come over our house every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. Alan and Moni over here, Tony's dad and, and mom over here. Uh, you know, we, we would love for them to come, but, but what we realize is that they've got different family here. And so guess what? 
They're not going to be at my family, not our, our, our house for special events all the time anymore. Why? They got a new family. They got a new responsibility. No weirdness. This is gospel blessedness. This is how God keeps moving forward, taking territory in the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light working in his kids. Somebody say amen. amen. So problems show up in these relationships when, there's, when they're not adhered to, they're not understood, they're not valued. So, so, so listen, th this, this new family, what we find, this new family is no longer under the authority, the provision, or the supervision of their parents in the former family. No longer. No longer. Listen, I'm, so, so this is what we had the, the discussion. If you're going to get married, you better make sure you, my, my son, if you're going to get married to this girl named Mary, you better make sure you can provide for her because I ain't sending you no money. I'm not providing for you. You leave and you cleave. We'll talk about it. You got a new family. You're now the provider. I'm not giving you direction on what you should do or what you shouldn't do. You need something. You come and talk to me. I'll sit down. I'll have coffee. We'll talk it out. I'll let you know what, what I think. But you're now the authority in that new home. I will not supervise you. I will not get my nose in your business. I'm not going to come tell you. No, oh, no, 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 no. The parent-child relationship was for a season. The marriage, the husband-wife relationship is permanent. This is now your wife. You figure it out. I'm for you, but I'm not going to meddle in this new boundary. Can somebody say amen? amen? This new family makes their own directions, makes their own decisions. And what we know is that it says the man now is to cleave to his wife. To cleave. To cleave. It means to pursue hard after, to stick like glue. This isn't just in dating. This is what we do forever, forever. And again, what we've said it a couple times already is that this boundary of separation keeps us in and keeps all others out. And if I could just say this as kindly as I could for anybody in the room or online, parents with married kids, keep out of their boundary. Leave them alone. Let them succeed, let them fail, and if you, got, if you need, need some help, you, I know we're all going to help them, we're going to be a blessing, but they need to make their own decisions. The boundary of separation, listen, is about priority and privacy. They now have to prioritize the marriage relationship, not the father-mother relationship. They now have privacy. They are under no obligation to tell me any of their business. They are a new family. Somebody help me out and say amen. amen. Now, just put a, put a bow on this and we go to the last point, is that separation doesn't mean isolation. Separation doesn't mean isolation. We still hang out. I, I want them. I want to hang out. I hung out with my mom and dad, Kimberly's mom and dad when they're around. It uh, doesn't mean, doesn't mean uh, you know, completely isolated, but it d definitely means that this is my family and this is a priority so that we can be this new family and new couple. Amen, everybody? Lastly, what if I, anybody, is everybody okay today? Okay. All right. Get anything new? Understanding? Okay. This boundary is very important. Very important. Lastly, the boundary of transparency. The boundary of transparency. I love it. The husband and the wife were naked and not ashamed. And all the men said, Amen. Amen. 
listen, naked and ashamed wasn't just talking about the sexual or physical part of the relationship. It goes beyond that into every aspect of our life together is what he's talking about. So let's talk about it. This means the marriage relationship needs to be vulnerable, authentic, and real. Naked and ashamed isn't just talking about physically naked. It means being authentic, being real, being open, being vulnerable. And all the men said, oh no. Uh, uh, uh. It means not being embarrassed in this marriage relationship to express your feelings or being judged or being criticized. It means if I'm gonna be open with anybody, if I'm gonna be vulnerable with anybody, if I'm gonna be real with anybody, I'm gonna do it in the confines of this marriage relationship. Now what we know from the book of Genesis chapter two, right in that same chapter that we read, when Adam and Eve sinned, Garden of Eden, remember after sinning, what did they do? Adam and Eve covered themselves. They covered themselves. <laughs> Why? They, they realized what they looked like. They realized, and they, we're ashamed. Naked, definitely. But again, the analogy is that they were no longer open. They were no longer transparent. Sin is what did that. Sin's what did that. And so in the marriage relationship, we have to continually work on being open and vulnerable and real. And listen, I know for most guys, me included, that's more challenging for us, I think, than it is for a lot of women. But what's crazy to think about, really, just if I could just say it this way, what's crazy to think about is that married couples can get naked physically, but won't let their spouses know the password on their phone. Won't, won't let their spouses know the password on their computer. Won't, won't let their spouse know I get a little money in a little bag here and I keep in my car, keep an envelope or keep them, what? You're not open. You're just not transparent. Why is that? Well, you don't know why because I was married before and the guy stole and I'd redo my credit. I get it. But when are you going to let that go and talk it out with the new man, the new woman? When are you going to get healed up from the hurt? So you're bringing that into this. Hmm. Most marriages, what I found, operate in a semi-naked state, never fully open. This is what I'm thinking. Wow, had a crazy thought. I'm, I'm as a man, I'm a little bit afraid of this thing. Got this job promotion, and you know, I'm, I'm like, ooh, but I'm, I'm a little scared up here. I don't know about this. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit uneasy. And then let's go back to the connection part. Would you pray for me? <laughs> Would you give me an amen? Would you stand with me? It's going to help in your marriage. If there's unresolved shame, there can be no intimacy. If there's unresolved shame, there's not going to be any intimacy. And shame will stop vulnerability. Shame will. And it will block transparency if there's any kind of shame. So I've got to deal with why am I hurt? What, what, why am I feeling this? Can I, I, I want to tell you, honey, I want to tell you, wife, I want to tell you, husband, why? How I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, what I'm, what I'm dreaming about. Call me crazy, but, but I want to I talk to you. And I, wanna, I don't want to be embarrassed about this. Or, or maybe this happened. And listen, by the way, pump the brakes on this just a minute. Because if you've not built that up, we don't want, we don't want you to sabotage your relationship with your spouse. 
So you're going to have to work this thing out. Maybe you need to go see a counselor and talk some things out. But if there's some shame, if there's reasons why you're just not honest, you, you, you need to figure out why and get healed up so that you could be transparent, naked, and not ashamed. Now, now, let me just put, again, the bow on this before we just close the service. When I talk about the boundary of transparency, you can only be completely transparent, vulnerable, and open or naked with your spouse, no one else. There is nobody else allowed in this realm of connection, in this realm of total openness and vulnerability than your spouse. Not a best friend. Listen, and God forbid, not your parent. Nobody, no family member, no, 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 no um, cousin that you guys just have taught. Listen to me, in this relationship, that's going to work. If your husband or your spouse ever found out that you divulged something that was done in secrecy and talk, talked about, ooh, you're going to have a long time rebuilding that trust and that confidence. So I want to encourage you. Being open and vulnerable only can happen in this marriage relationship. So, so how are your boundaries? How are your boundaries? How, how are you keeping stuff out right now as you look at your marriage? Am I keeping stuff out? Am I keeping crazy stuff out of my head? Am I, am, am I, keep, am I keeping stuff out of, out of what I'm listening to? What, what, I'm, what I'm looking at? What I'm leaning into? I got, I got some weaknesses in my flesh. And ooh, ooh. Ooh, sister, sister walks by and whoo, uh, that guy, whoo, look at him, six pack, whoo, look, look, and I'm hearing something, I'm, I'm watching something on HBO, maybe I shouldn't watch, or Netflix, or and I'm watching, and all of a sudden something's working in me. Happens to every one of us. How are your boundaries? How are you saying yes to God and no to some of this stuff? How are you doing with keeping stuff in? keeping stuff in how is it working in your relationship i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be transparent i'm gonna separate i'm gonna, i'm connected i'm, I'm you, you complete me so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work on this i'm gonna work on this i'm gonna work on this i believe this with all my heart listen to me everybody in the room online every marriage relationship whether you're married right now and looking or, or looking in the future is that what you work on you can win in what you work on if you work on this marriage relationship, you can win in this relationship. But if you just say, you know, this is over, we're done. Listen, I could tell you story after story in people's lives that I thought that they thought it was over and God did a miraculous work in them as they began working on them in this marriage relationship. Listen, what God joined together, let no man, not somebody else, let any man, any woman, don't put it asunder, don't put it aside. Let's get God working in this family for the future and for the kingdom of God to see kingdom men and women win in marriage. Let, let's it not be so that there's as many Christians getting divorced as there are non-Christians. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Should be that we get together and we're going to separate ourselves and we're going to connect. We're going to be transparent. We're going to be vulnerable. And we're going to see God work in this marriage to the glory of his name in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Come on, all God's people said amen. Come on, stand up. Would you do it this morning? Come on, all over the room. Father, we just pray for marriages right now. 
We pray for family. We pray for the husband and the wife. We pray that there would be a divine connection, oh God. There'd be a separation from things that need to be separated from. There'll be boundaries that are protected, boundaries that are formed. There'll be landmarks that are, that are secured again. The enemy will be routed in their minds, their wills, their emotions, their intellect. Father, there'll be openness and, con and connections like never before. Father, we pray there will be no curse in our relationship because we've let the enemy come in. We've opened up the fence, per se. We've opened up the gate. Father, we're going to shut the gates. We're going to secure our minds. We're going to secure our eyes. We're going to secure our hearts. Lord God, we refuse to allow our hearts to become hardened concerning the relationship that you brought together. Stir up, oh God, love in our hearts again. Stir it up again, oh God, for our spouse. Let us remember those days. Father, let us celebrate the, the diversity, the the. The, the uniqueness of this relationship. And Father God, we could be together and we could see our marriage thrive and our marriage win. Father, we pray, we pray for your glory and for your name that this new family, this new relationship that has left the former, left it who we were connected with, our parents as a child, and now that you would work in us Work in us, O oh God, a deep work. Heal every heart. Renew every mind. Give peace, O oh God, in relationships. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around. Come on, give everyone the right to privacy. You're here today and you just said, man, I, I, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Or I'm away from him today and I'm struggling and, you know, I, uh, maybe I knew him, but I, I walked away. Well, listen, you might have walked away, but today you walked in this place and God's going to walk into your heart again today. So all over the room, what we do is, is we pray a prayer out loud. And if, if you're here and you've never prayed that prayer, you're online, there's going to be a spiritual transaction that happens. Just like we see money that leaves your account and goes through a bill that you paid by online transaction, that's exactly what's going to happen in the spirit realm. Your heart's going to get brand new. Your spirit, the real you. It's going to be one with the Father God. A new life is going to start for you today. So if you'll turn from your way and you'll look to him, he will come into your life. If you'll return to him, like we said earlier, he will return to you. So all over the room, if that's you, you want to be included in this prayer, when I count to three, just lift up your hand. We're going to pray a prayer out loud. Come on, all over the room. One, two, three, lift up your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I don't know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want him in my life today. All over the room. Anyone at all. All right. Maybe someone online. Well, let's just pray this out loud with me. Will you do it? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I recognize my need. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I changed my mind. I changed my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Might have prayed that prayer this morning. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed that prayer. Maybe somebody online as well. Amen? Amen, amen. Hey, every Sunday, we always have our prayer partners up here. We'd love to pray with you about anything that you, know, that you need prayer for.